Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Stand by in five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Women on Deadline, a podcast about her experience in TV news. I'm Sierra Starks. And I'm Carolyn Hall. That lovely voice you heard leading us into show is Rebecca Armbruster. She's a producer at KSBW on the Central Coast of California. Hey, Carolyn. Hey, Sierra. Happy 2019. Hi. I can't believe it. How many times have you messed up writing the year so far? Not zero, because I haven't been writing the year. Sorry. All right. I'm alone. (laughs) That's fair. That's hilarious. Okay. We we do have a pretty awesome show for you guys today, so we want to get to it. Um, We have been thinking of the best way to launch both this podcast and our listeners into the new year. And I couldn't think of a better way to do that than by hearing from women who are running newsrooms. Heck yeah. Tell us more. (laughs) (laughs) So I I know a lot of women who are craving mentorship in this business, um, me being one of them. And to me, soaking up any advice I can from women who have been doing this whole TV news thing longer than I have and whose insight would be truly valuable It's a goldmine. I'm with you, Sierra, because uh, there aren't a lot of women in positions of power in newsrooms or at television stations across this country. And so where better to find out, you know, how to or the best way to aspire to those leadership positions and to accomplish those kinds of goals than to talk to the women themselves and hear what they have to say. Um, Because they do have a much different and more valuable perspective um, to offer young women in the business uh, versus men who've been in positions of power for many, many decades. Exactly. Who better to relate to a woman than a woman? (laughs) <laughs> but as I, so as I was combing through and just trying to um, cast the net, I actually found that there are more women news directors than I thought that there were, which actually it, it, it warmed my heart so much. Um, but we do have two news directors for you to hear from today. Uh, their resumes are impressive and substantial, and they are Wonder Women in their own right. So let's get to it. First, we will hear from Janelle Schreiner, who is the news director at KPLC in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Being a news director in a small market, I hire a lot of people straight out of college. The biggest thing people ask me is, how do I set myself apart from everyone else applying for the same jobs? Different people will give you different answers. But to me, I'm looking for potential, for attention to detail in your resume, for creativity, And then if we make it to a phone interview, I'm also going to be asking questions about your character. My former general manager, Patty Smith, always said, look for people with character. And I believe that to be true. I can teach anyone how to be a reporter. I can teach anyone how to be a producer. But I can't teach you to be a good person. And I'm one of those people who believes that filling a newsroom with good people leads to really great things. 
just be a good dude. That is honestly, and I'm I'm probably giving away our family secrets here, me and Preston, but Preston has always, my husband, sorry, Preston has always told me that rule number one is just be a good dude. So as soon as I heard this from Janelle, that just like resonated with me totally. I love it. Yeah, it, it really, it goes a lot farther than your skills and your skill set. Like you could be, you know, the best reporter or the best photojournalist in the world. But if you're an asshole, then, you know, that really, that hurts you quite a bit. And that's not going to get you very far in the business or it'll get you so far, but it's not going to ultimately get you, um, to, to where you could be, where your potential is. And, and overshadows your work a little bit. You know what I mean? If you're, if you are the person who's known for the great stories, but is also an asshole, you know? I don't. Yeah, it's like you're going to be getting in the way of the story. You're going to get be getting in the way of yourself. Other people are going to notice that. It's going to, you know, it's going to reflect through to your reporting. Um, and, you know, your reputation is one of the things that is, you know, can be most precious to a person, you know, because if you don't have a reputation, what do you have? If you don't have a good reputation then what do you have, you know? I mean, once your reputation is tarnished, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort to bring it back. Cool. And I love that she is just filling her newsroom with good people. Like, what an amazing place to work. (laughs) Yeah, I think having that positive vibe and that positive energy in the newsroom goes a really long way because if – if a newsroom, you know, is starts to get filled with people who don't operate under that premise, then things can go sideways pretty quickly. And then, you know, for management, you know, trying to recoup those kinds of losses because ultimately people will end up leaving or leaving the business or leaving the market, you know, that doesn't do anybody any good. So, yeah, I really like what she has to say about, you know, making sure that people have good character and having good people a part of it. It's it, it it makes it more difficult to leave a station. I'll see that because when I worked in Seattle, like there were, golly, some of the best people I've ever met in this business worked at that TV station in Seattle, and it just made it so difficult to leave um, when the time came for me to leave to move back to Alaska, and it was just like it was heartbreaking because they were just like <laughs> such good people, and I miss them so much. And I don't know, it goes a long way. It does. Rule number one, just be a good dude. Or do that. Right. Or a good a good woman. Good lady person. Just be a good person. Just be a good person. All right. The next news director we will hear from is Sally Ramirez at KHOU in Houston, Texas. Journalism is something I always wanted to do. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I started writing for the school paper back in the second grade. It's just truly in my blood. I say that all the time. I love journalism. Um, I really believe it, its core journalism is a public service. So it is something I've always wanted to do and been very fortunate. Early on, uh, I had some internships while I was in college that exposed me to um, newsrooms, to you know television broadcast newsrooms. At the time, we didn't have the internet. That didn't exist. So we just had TV broadcast newsrooms. During my stay there, during my internship, I was able to see all the different roles and all the di different jobs. And I really fell in love with the producing end of it, um, putting everything together for television. And um, I don't know, I just loved the producing, being in charge of sort of that bigger picture, which was my 30-minute newscast. So I became a producer. Um, after you're a producer, um, I was promoted to an executive producer. That's usually the path you take. Producers become executive producers. Um, at the time, I really never even thought about being a news director. Um, I didn't I didn't think about where that path would take me. I just loved producing. So producing to executive producer. From an executive producer, I then became the assistant news director. And then after the assistant news director position, I became a news director. Nice. Um, maybe what did you learn during your time as an assistant news director that prepared you for the news director role, do you think? That's a great question. Um, I think I tell producers, even when you're a producer, you are a team leader. You really work with all the different departments to get your 30-minute show on the air. As a news director, I was responsible for the day-to-day -day newsroom operation. As, an, as a news director, you really give up sort of being in the weeds of the day-to-day, -day, and you are more so laying out the course and the vision that you have for your team and others to execute. So it's almost like being that player on the field and then getting off the field, you're not allowed to play anymore, but you're actually coaching that team. Um, which, you know, I love playing. So it was, you know, to be real truthful, it's, I love content. I love creating. I love having ideas. And so sometimes I may um, get in the weeds a little more than I, I probably should. But ultimately, my goal is really to set the vision and the course for the newsroom and the direction that we want to take it. And that's everything from tone to, um, you know, who we are, defining who we are as a newsroom and all the shows individually. So again, I think that relates right back to the producer role in which that was my 30-minute world. I'd work on that 30-minute show where now, you know, I joke that I'm sort of the executive producer of the newsroom. Gotcha. Um, so then you are a female news director. I am. What advantages do you think... Um, that brings to the table? So I think that, you know, as women, we're all so different. We all lead very differently. So I can only speak for myself and I think what's benefited me. Um, I've always been very much a mom. Um, I really care about my team in sense of 
you know, just this past week, we had some heavy flooding and I call them in the field and make sure they're okay. Or I make them text me when they get home. So I really care about people. And I think they all know that. Um, Again, going back to more of that mom role, I think about not just the story, but about the implications. So again, going back to that flooding story, we now have the capacity to send people out just one alone to go out and report and shoot and edit and even do live shots by themselves. We call them um, MSJs, they're multi-skilled journalists. However, during storms or during a certain breaking news situations, we don't send just them alone. We always make sure that they are a team of two, at least, to make sure that they're safe. Now, nothing is more important than their safety, and that actually comes from Tegna, the company I work for, on down. Safety is the number one priority. So it is always top of mind for me, even when the company says, don't forget safety, safety, safety. I've likely already have had those conversations with my staff. I don't need to be told about it. I've likely already have had it, and they know because it's the number one thing we talk about. So that was one. Um, I think the other is, um, for me, again, I, you know, and this is an interesting part, and maybe some people may disagree. I don't ever walk in thinking I'm a female or I'm a woman. I've just never thought that way. I just do the job. (laughs) I don't think gender. If I walk into a meeting and as I think about it, yeah, a lot of the times, in my career, I may have been the only female manager on a team, but I didn't really think about it until it gets sort of pointed out. I've never let that get in the way of anything. I don't think about that. I just think about the job that I need to accomplish and making that happen. Um, moving here and in the company that I work for now, my general manager is a female. My vice president of news is female. Our COO is female. Our director, you know, our marketing director, our VP of marketing, I'm surrounded by women, my HR person, my marketing director. um, There's so many great, strong women around. Um, I just don't think about that all the time until it does get pointed out. It's like, oh, yeah, I work with a lot of cool women. (laughs) That's awesome. That's That's a lot of people on the team. Yes, yes, very much so. And like I said, it's it's all the way at the top. Our COO is a woman. And a lot of our vice presidents um, of the individual departments, marketing, news, um, they're women. And then here at the local level at the station, I, I've had, um, and at my last station, I've also worked with a female general manager. So, yeah, I did see your email where you mentioned that you'd started looking into this and you were surprised at the number of women in leadership roles. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm a, I think we just get it done. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so, so then, if I ask, what are this? What are some of the biggest challenges you faced as a woman in this industry? Do you think you could answer that? That's a really great question. I am sure that I have. Um, But at the time, I may not have realized it. Like I said, I didn't, you know, I'm a double minority, so to speak. I'm a female and I'm Hispanic. But I just sort of never let that get in the way. I think that very early on in my career, when I was a young producer, I did have um, some of the talent in particular. Uh, Remember, I won't mention the name or the station, but I do remember a meteorologist who said to me, you are not going to tell me what to do, even though my role required that I, you know, sort of lay down, here's what we're doing, here's what we're going. 
And this person told me I wasn't going to because I was younger and because I was a woman. But um, that, you know, I overcame that clearly. But so I have had that. But I really personally feel that I've never um, encountered it necessarily one-on-one where someone, you know, has said something in meetings. I'm always very professional. People are professional around me. Um, So I have not, I've been very fortunate because I do know that some women have had instances where it's not been a good situation for them. I don't know if it's just my personality. I tend to be, um, I like to say I butt my nose into things I probably shouldn't, but I just, it's just how I am. I just um, focus on getting what I need to get done and, you know, move forward trying to accomplish that. I got you. So I think that there are stereotypes that women in management may, it's, it's news management. I have, I face this where if you have to um, talk to another talent, for example, if I'm a woman, they, I've heard, oh, it's harder to work for a woman boss. I really take offense to that. I've never had that case. You know, there's a lot of like, oh, that women managers may be harder on other women. I don't, I personally, and I hope that this is, you know, what my team would say is all the people that I've managed. I don't think that's right. Um, I don't think that we, um, there's all the jealousy or the fighting or the this or the that that I read about sometimes in some of the blogs and some of the things. I think that's unfair. I think that we are really professional and that we really do look out for each other. Um, if it's, it's always based on performance, but if it's a woman, you know, disciplining or, um, critiquing another woman, I do think that there's that little bit of sometimes that people think, oh, it's because they're harder on them because it's a woman or if there's a jealousy factor or something like that, which I do not think that is the case at all. That was, I'd say that's been a little bit of a, you know, challenge, if you call it a challenge. Just that that stereotype in itself exists. Yes, exactly. That the stereotype in itself exists. Sometimes I hear like, oh, it's really hard working for a woman boss, you know, for another woman to work for a woman boss. Um, I don't think so. Like I said, I have women bosses. That is not the way it is. And I am, I am, I don't do that to the women that work for me. I really respect everybody as individuals, not a gender. One of the reasons why I was really passionate about putting this particular episode together was I wanted our listeners to hear from women in management. Mm-hmm. And then if there's any advice that mm-hmm. you have for our listeners, I would love for you to share it. So advice for young women coming up. Um, I did get this advice and I was told as a woman, don't ever assume that someone knows what you want, that as women, we need to speak up and we need to say, hey, I want that position or I want that job. Don't assume that just because maybe that is the next step for us, that if we don't go after it aggressively, someone may just assume we don't want it. So we need to speak up and be very clear about what we want to do and not just assume. Gotcha. Like does that, that make sense? No, it totally does. Right? Because sometimes we'll be here going, oh, that promotion, there's a promotion, but I'll just wait and see if they offer it to me. Like, I really want it, but I'm just going to wait. And instead, be proactive and go, you know what? I want that job. 
I want a promotion or I want to move up in the company. Make sure that you are verbally expressing your goals and where your vision is for your own career path. Don't assume they know that you want to go into management, for example, or that you want to go, you know, bigger to corporate or that and don't assume any of that unless you've got to put it out there. You've got to be vocal about it. Make your make your desires you know, known to those about your future career goals and what your next steps should be. Because at the end of the day, like you want to be happy. That's what I always think. Yes. And I have two daughters and I always talk to them about be an advocate for yourself. Be an advocate for yourself. If there's something that you question or something that you want, advocate for yourself. Don't assume people are going to know that that's what you want or what you expected or, you know, whatever it may be. I just think, you know, as women, the most important thing is support each other. Um, I think, you know, we read about it all the time, right? But I think we all do the best we can in all parts of our lives. I think it's really, we do have a lot more challenges. We have families, not to say that men don't, but for some reason, women are still hard on women. We're very judgmental. Um, as a working mom, I can tell you that I always carry around guilt. <laughs> I still do. And, you know, I just think we all do what's best for, you know, we need to do what's best for, for each other and support each other. And what I, if I'm a working mom outside of the home, that doesn't mean that someone working inside the home or from their home, that makes them any different. We're all just trying to do the best we can. And I think it's really time that we just support each other. You know, one thing I, I found out as a working mom is that I like to work, you know. So I remember someone one time I was dropping my daughters off at something and the woman looked at me and I said, okay, well, I've got to run, you know. And she's like, oh, you have to work. And I'm thinking, um, I actually like to work. And so you walk away feeling guilty and going, oh, my gosh, am I less than that? Does that mean that I'm not a good mom or that I don't love my kids as much as they do because I still like to work? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a very big part of my identity. I love it. I love what I do. It's all I ever wanted to do. So I enjoy work, you know, and I think that's a little like it was a little dig toward me. And I walked away. I mean, it sticks with me to this day. And that was probably 10 years ago. Um, but I remember that, you know, I'm like, I like to work. Does that mean it's wrong? So I don't know. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Same. Okay. I can't wait. Send me a link when you're done. I will promise. So one thing I loved about uh, the interview with Sally was her saying that she never let her being a woman or a minority get in the way of what she wanted to do in terms of her career. And I think that speaks volume. Oh, absolutely. And how she talks about making sure that if you need something, if you want something, you have to go after it. Because if you don't yes. do that, no one else is going to do it for you. So it's really right. like... Being proactive and recognizing what your desires are, what your goals are, and just going for it. Mm -hmm. Speaking up for what you want, I think that will that will definitely get you farther than not saying anything. Yeah, and Sierra, I, I think that's how you've worked your career, <laughs> largely. It's like, no, this isn't going to work for me. I want to do this, and I'm just going to go for it, and I'm not going to listen to anybody else. I mean, you listen to people, and you're you're humble about it. But you also know exactly what it is that you want and how you want to get there. And you exactly. get that laser focus going and you don't let anything stop you. 
Right. Laser focused and crafting a plan because sometimes I'm approaching people who haven't necessarily thought about things the way I've thought about them. So I just plan a couple steps ahead in bringing my plan to them and my vision to them, you know, and I've done this before for positions that I want. And I'm like, this is what I want. This is how we get there. This is how it benefits you and us and the station. And so I think that that also goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also it's like the networking and the um, just building those relationships. You know, it's uh, speaking of relationships. How did you find Sally? How did you guys connect? So I put I actually put out a call to a number of uh, female reporters that I knew and told them, you know, hey, I'm looking for some wonder women to lend their voices to the podcast who are news directors and are women. And they ended up sort of just like giving me a list. And and I went from there and just, you know, put out the emails. That's what you have to do. That's like anything, right? That's what you have to do is put out the emails, hope people say yes. And so Sally, <laughs> and so Sally was one of the people who said yes. Um, and instead of doing a recording, she really thought, you know, us doing it face to face, like on FaceTime or on Skype would be better. And I, I totally appreciate her for that. She was really well-spoken and I, and I really like how she's worked her way up to a position of power and she's a woman and she's a minority and, and she's and a mother. Oof. Yeah, I know. Right. It's just like, and she has what a couple kids, I think it was mm-hmm. too. Yep. And, and it's like, wow, you are a wonder woman. How in the <laughs> world do you make all of that work? It's incredible. And it's just that focus and the drive and she knows what she wants and she just goes for it. She's not shy. And you can hear it in her voice too. She definitely has a command of herself and a command of her situation and, you know, what she stands for and why. Yeah. Which is really And another cool. thing I yeah, another thing I sorry to cut you off. Another thing that I really liked about um Sally in general is that she's just encompassed by like a team of women, right? She said her, you know, their COO is a woman. Um, I think they have a female GM, like what a team to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's really nice to see that in place and management structure so that women can see, oh, I can do that. That, that could be me. And, and it's, it's not, you know, it's not unattainable. It's it's there and, and I can go get it and I can grab it and I can be that person. Right. So for everybody listening out there, speak up for what you want. That's all I gotta say. Absolutely. <laughs> what Sierra said. That's right. <laughs> is all the time we have for this episode of women on deadline a podcast about her experience in tv news be sure to like us on facebook follow us on twitter also quick note if you are a producer in a newsroom or you know a producer we would love for them to lend their voice to the podcast so be sure to send us an email at women on deadline at gmail.com be great carolyn be great sierra We're out in five, four, three, two, one. Great job, ladies. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.